Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I am here with my co-host, PK, and I want to thank everybody for joining us at a different time for this evening. We wanted to accommodate our fabulous guest. He is an expert and author, Matthew Johnson, Ph.D. He is with us tonight. We're going to bring him on in just a couple of minutes. But, PK, how are you? I'm doing fine. Looking forward to our show tonight. What a wonderful guest we have to share with everyone. No kidding. I was taking a look at some things today, and since we are in October, it is the boss month. We'll just call it the boss month because it's about taking responsibility for your life and letting others live theirs. Isn't that a nice thought for a change? It's a nice one. Yeah. We're preparing for and wanting everybody to be in charge of their own issues. And the eight says it's about our money. It's about being in control or wanting to control things. But there's a lot of good stuff that can come out of it. So it's time to take a good look at what's about to take place, not be lazy, because if we do, we're going to miss the chance, because eight deals with our money, our investments and things of that nature. So by taking a look at things in a positive way, we could build a little bit and put it in the bank, shall we say, for good stuff to use later. But don't let it become a problem because if you do, you're going to set yourself up to lose instead of gain. It's a year that we want to be in charge and allow ourselves to do it properly. There's a, you know, take a look at your birth certificate if you have to, to know where you were born. Take a look at your name at birth, all those things are great. But right now, the only thing we really care about is your month and day of birth added to the universal eight will tell you what your personal year is. And that's what you work with. For everyone, regardless of what our personal year is, our umbrella is money, investments, being in charge, being in control, and not being controlled. How does that sound for I like not being controlled. Yes, yes, and taking responsibility, as you mentioned a few seconds ago. Yeah, that sounds like a good formula for this month, which is actually moving, again, very, very quickly. Everything, time is moving so quickly. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot to keep up with. Yes, yes, and there was such craziness going on in the world today. It's a head-spinning moment. Yeah. A big head-spinning moment. So, anyways, but we have, as you just mentioned, a 
completely amazing guest tonight. He's been on the yes, show before, but that was years back. And now there is so much progress that has been made. And he is going to share some um, just amazing things with us about Bigfoot, who he refers to as the forest people. And his mm-hmm. first encounter took place in Oregon in the caves over, well, now it's got to be over 20 years ago because I was looking at an older bio. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Dr. Johnson, is, is he's just wonderful because he wants to share what he has learned with everybody so that people can have their own experiences if they want to take what he has learned and use it in their lives, which is a, a fantastic gift that he is offering to everyone. And he has a couple of great books out. And so we're going to get into all of that. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about him. I want to bring him on the show because we have so much to go over. And, again, thank you, everybody, for joining us at this later time. But we had to do it because we really wanted Dr. J with us tonight. So, Dr. J, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. We're excited. Yeah. It's our pleasure because we want to hear all of what you know and you have learned through how many years is it now? Is it over 20? 23. 23 yeah. years. Oh, my gosh. Where's the time gone? I know, really. <laughs> but you've made the most of it because you have come to some incredible understanding, some profound depths of understandings about Bigfoot and who you call the forest people. So you can start wherever you'd like. I want to get through as much as we can because I know we've had such a great interest in the show tonight and bringing you on. So feel free to just start in and, and go for it. We'll interrupt you and ask questions, but we want to hear what, where you want to start. Okay, plus you'll queue up audios when I ask for it? Yes, I have, I have okay. them all loaded here. So, yes. Awesome. Okay. So um, just in case you have listeners that have never heard of me before, I think it's important to give just a a couple-minute quick overview of background. Sure. So they know who I am and what got me Mm -hmm. here. So my name is Dr. Matthew Johnson. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. I've been working in the mental health field for 41 years. Um, On July 1st, of 2000, my family and I took a tour through the Oregon Caves National Monument, and then most people come out of the caves and go back down to the main area, but we turned the other direction and started hiking up the mountain on the Big Tree Loop Trail and got about a mile up the mountain, and then we smelled something really bad. We had just moved down six months earlier from Alaska, where I lived for 20 years. I ended up in Alaska because I went there to play basketball on a uh, scholarship to the university and got to play college ball against Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewing, Clyde Drexler, Kim Olajuwon, James Worthy, all those guys. So anyway, was up in Alaska for 20 years, hiking, fishing, camping, a little bit of hunting, very familiar with the outdoors, not afraid of the outdoors. I know what a bear looks like, and uh, I know what they smell like. So we're smelling this, and it's like, that's not a bear. It's really weird, but it's not a bear. We keep walking, and then we're being paralleled by something 
uh, in the tall brush in the trees. And then we hear a, a deep bass, whoa, whoa, whoa. And we stop, and it stops. We walk, it keeps going. And eventually, um, the kids at that time were ages 9, 7, and 5. They needed to stop, take a break. They were playing with a bug on the path with a stick. Mother Nature was <laughs> knocking on my door, so I hiked up the uh, the side, the left side of the trail into the broken trees to go do my thing. And um, when I finished and, you know, pulling pants back up, zipping things back up, I'm looking down the slope. I see my wife watching the kids. And on her backside, down the slope below her, um, I see Bigfoot walking, and it, it comes behind a tree, and, and, like, my whole brain just crashed. It, it just, everything I knew about the outdoors came crashing down. And then I literally felt my brain reboot. And then um, I had to run down that hill through the brush and trees, get to the path, get up to my family, and um, move them along. Let's go, let's go, move, move. And they're like, chill out, dude. And I'm like, go now. And that's not my normal MO. That's not my normal behavior. But they knew something was up. So we started moving up the trail, went up a couple hundred yards around a switchback a little bit farther. Nothing's following us, not seeing anything. And uh, and what I had seen at that time was a very tall, huge buff Bigfoot. I'm almost seven feet tall. What I saw, you know, dwarfed me. It was probably about 11 feet tall. And um, so I set the kids down on the log, pulled my wife aside. You're not going to believe what I saw. And she and she said what? And I said I saw Bigfoot. And she said I believe you. And because uh, she smelled it, she heard it. She knew I wouldn't lie. And so we eventually got ourselves off the mountain. We were scared to death, but in reality, nothing. You know, we weren't in danger. It was just curious, but we didn't know that then. And um, so we got down. We made a report. Um, the report that was heard around the world, it was in newspapers everywhere, been on 15 TV shows, on over 300-plus radio interviews. Um, and then I had a decision to make. Do I let this scare me out of the woods, or do I get back up on the horse, get in there, and find out who these beings are and... Um, you know, grab them by the scruff of the neck, drag them out for the whole world to see so I can show that they're real and I'm not crazy. So that began my 23-year journey of researching. And um, I'll stop for a moment and see if you have any questions before I just give a little bit more background. Now, that's an amazing experience, and it, it did shift your life completely. So it's... it's Powerful, very powerful. But go ahead, go on from there. Definitely, very fascinating. Well, right away, I had a lot of people who applauded the fact that I had the courage to speak out publicly, given the fact that I'm a professional with a private practice. I was putting everything on the line, you know, to be honest and truthful and share the information. And then there are a bunch of trolls and haters and yahoos that I didn't know anything about back then, but I immediately had a target on my back because I was getting all the media attention and they weren't. And some idiots were like, well, Hughes is making this up so, you know, he can build up his business. 
And I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good marketing strategy. <laughs> yeah, Come right. see the psychologist that claims he's not Bigfoot. You know, you guys got a point there. Great call. You know, people don't even think through what they say when they're trolling you. It, it was yeah. just kind of silly. So anyway, first 10 years of research, I did the old school method. You know, Matt Moneymaker took me under his wing, and I had other people that were, you know, teaching me. And, you know, that's the big bobo screams and whacking trees with sticks or baseball bats and putting out all the electronic equipment. And the reality was, in 10 years' time, we got a whole lot of tracks out of the ground. We had some visuals. We had some screams back, but that was pretty much it. They were always keeping their distance. And um, we also had uh, bait piles out and emphasis on bait pile because they were dumb giant mountain apes, right? That's the theoretical belief that they're descendants of Gigantopithecus, which I might add, they created Gigantopithecus out of one tooth and a partial jawbone in a cave in China, and all of a sudden they've constructed this big giant mountain ape, and, and then they're postulating that Bigfoot is a descendant of this big giant mountain ape that they created out of one tooth and a partial jawbone out of a cave in China. It's like, you know, so I, I believe it. What else? I didn't know anything, so sure. Okay, I'm on board with that. So I put out bait piles for the big dumb giant mountain ape, and... Um, they would, and we put video cameras on it, and they had infrared light, right? So when we had the light on, they wouldn't hit the bait piles. When we turned the cameras off, they hit the bait piles. When we turned the cameras on, they wouldn't hit the bait piles. When we turned the cameras off, they'd hit the bait piles. And But when Smart. they hit, they would, take, they would take the, well, they could see the infrared light is what was going on. Yeah, exactly. They knew when they were on and so they took the bananas, they peeled the bananas, they ate the bananas and put the peelings together in a pile. Then they took the corn, they husked the corn, they snapped the corn off at the base, and they would eat the corn off the cob. They would put the husk in one pile and the corn cobs in another pile. They were very wow. neat and meticulous. Huh. And But after Maybe. 10 years of that, it was like, you know, I'm thinking of like Peter Byrne who put 50 years in, and what did he get out of it? Nothing. He got nothing out of it because he did the same thing for 50 years. So what Peter Byrne did for the rest of us, and kind of, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to pull any punches, what Finding Bigfoot, the TV show, did for the rest of us mm -hmm. was show us how not to do it. That's what they <laughs> did for us. You know, yeah, thank you, Peter go. Byrne. Yeah, we know how not to do it. Thank you. Uh, crew of Finding Bigfoot, we know how not to do it. Thank you very much. Uh, because they never found Bigfoot, so they gave us, you know, what, 10 seasons or whatever of how not to do it right. So good job. The one nice thing, to be fair, though, out of the Finding Bigfoot TV show was the fact that they did bring communities together and they did open up the uh, the ability and the willingness to talk openly about the subject matter. So that show helped a lot along those lines, getting people to talk about it. Right, they that's good. They just didn't actually show mm -hmm. us how to find Bigfoot, okay? So mm -hmm. I decided, you know, I'm a psychologist, I'm a problem solver, and I decided, you know what, I did this for 10 years. 
didn't work. If it doesn't work, fix it. And so I'm going to do something else. So then I did some research, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to adopt the uh, North American Native Indian perspective that they're not a dumb giant mountain ape. They're actually a forest people. And they're actually possibly forest people slash spiritual beings. Yeah, I'm going to look at this differently. So then um, I begged, borrowed, and stole concepts of Dr. Jane Goodall, the chimp lady, her habituation method. And I started putting food out in gifting bowls. Now, note, I changed from bait piles for dumb giant mountain apes to gifting bowls for forest people. Mm, I changed my belief mm-hmm. system and I changed my approach and I took the cameras down. I didn't try to capture them. And I kept putting these gifting bowls out about 150 feet away from the base camp behind trees and brush so they could eat in privacy. And it took them five years to take the food. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Five years. Five years. I'd put it out at sunset. I'd pick it up at sunrise. And I'd put fruit. I'd put vegetables. I'd put meats and nuts and, and uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And after five years of persistence, playing music, talking to them, being respectful, they finally started taking the food. And and keep in mind, uh, I had met my wife at, um, at our 30th high school reunion, and I eventually moved to Washington State. So now I'm driving eight hours one way eight hours back, 16 hours round trip, I'm doing that twice a month and I'm spending anywhere from six to 800 bucks a trip to go up into the mountains in Southern Oregon to keep my research going. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a commitment. And yeah, that's would, amazing. That's a patient well, one. Yeah, it is. And the trolls and haters would say, he's hoaxing and stuff. Are, are you kidding me? I'm driving <laughs> <Yeah>. 16 <laughs> a month spending probably close to 1500 bucks a month, and I'm doing that because I'm hoaxing? No, <laughs> I'm doing that because I'm getting real interaction. So now, um, after they started taking the food, I realize I'm a little slow learner, I guess, but I realize they're not really taking the fruit. They're not taking the vegetables. They're not taking the meat. They're not taking the candy. They're not taking the nuts. I mean, they would a little bit, but not much. They're taking the bread products. And then I realized with the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, because I had to do this several times, they would only take creamy peanut butter with raspberry jam and wheat bread. They would not take white bread. They would not take crunchy peanut butter, and they wouldn't take any other kind of jam. This particular family group was really picky, and they wanted wheat bread, <laughs> creamy peanut butter, and raspberry jam. No kidding. Well, they amazing. knew what they wanted. Yeah. Yep. And then, and then, um, I realized, hey, take advantage of this. So I started uh, putting surgical gloves on, cleaning the bowls out, putting the bread products in the bowls, putting them out 150 feet away from camp at sunset, and then pick them up in the morning with gloves on, surgical gloves on, and bring them back. 
and if there were any thumbprints, fingerprints, palm prints, it wasn't me, and it wasn't the people with me. It was them. Mm. Oh. So, mm-hmm. so we were collecting fingerprints and palm prints and hand prints, and my wife works for a large law enforcement agency in the state of Washington, and she took these uh, fingerprints and palm prints and hand prints not only from the gifting bowls, but the windows on our vehicles parked in the base camp. And their fingerprint expert at this large law enforcement agency was like, whoa. He's like, I've never seen this before. And his hobby was to go to the zoo in Seattle and take prints off the primates there. And he was like, I've never seen this before with humans or primates. He said, this is unique. What is this? And then he looked at my wife, and before she could answer, he said, Bigfoot. Uh. <laughs> yep. Bingo. Wow. Bingo. Bigfoot. And <clears throat> so anyway, I I started, instead of doing the all aggressive in-your-face technology, which I told you I discarded when I made the change 13 years ago, I did start using passive technology. I used a uh, bionic air parabolic microphone dish put it on top of the car, and record it all night long. So I'd record for 8 to 10 hours at a time. And then I would go home, and I'd have to listen to 8 to 10 hours of recordings. And Mm -hmm. if I was there for three nights or a week, that's 8 to 10 hours every night. So I'm not only driving round trip 16 hours, I'm not only spending $1,500 a month on this, but I'm also listening to hundreds of hours of audio recordings. And Dr. I'd like Jay, to let me ask you a, a quick question here, just for a second. Yes. It's a brief question, but obviously sure. you have this amazing devotion to uh, creating contact, real contact, with the Bigfoot forest people. Where do you think that comes from? I mean, you had this desire that was pretty overpowering why where do you think um, that's got going for you i know where that's coming from but it's pretty mature to say that right now okay. if we're gonna stick to a chronological timeline it, it's, go for it i'll say that towards the end of our interview okay okay sure Very i'd like good. you to queue up number two pretty please okay <laughs> let me now i have that based on how you titled them so let's see. Oh, you don't have a base on the number. Okay, let's see. The no, title I have, uh, I is have, Whispering uh, uh, Adolescent Bigfoot. Okay. Number two, Whispering Adolescent Bigfoot. Okay, they're in here. Okay, here it is. <laughs> Okay, so that was in May of 2012, 11 years ago. And at that time, my uh, son was five years old, Grady, and we were in the tent with another friend. We spent the night. He, Grady knew we were recording, so he was very quiet. He was a good kid. And um, the sunlight came up, you know, and he had to go potty, and he wakes me up, Daddy, I have to go potty. And I said, okay, and zip the tent, go outside, sit on the board of potty, do your thing. Then he comes back in, 
about 30, 45 seconds later, said, Dad, I, I can't lift the water jug. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, Grady, because, you know, it's a five-gallon water jug. He's only five. He can't lift that. So I said, I'll be out in just a minute. So I come out, and I help him use water in the toilet, and he does his thing. Well, I get home. Like I told you, I record. And so I come home, and I'm listening to the audio, eight, ten hours of audio. And I catch this. This is my first uh, recording of a spoken language, Ego Y8. The adolescent is whispering, Ego Y8. And I um, talked with a friend who grew up in a Klamath Falls Indian tribe in southern Oregon, said that was similar to their uh, word for urinate. And Grady was going out of the tent to urinate. Uh-huh. And so if you could play that one more time, Ego Y8. Yeah, that's very clear. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the next one I want you to play is a female uh, juvenile squatch talking. It's number three. Okay. Female Juvenile Squatch. Okay, so what that is, every night in base camp in the pitch dark, we had no light. We had no lanterns, no flashlights, no campfires. We were in a cul-de-sac at a dead-end logging road surrounded by brush and trees. So we were like fish in a fishbowl. And they could come around us in the brush and trees and kind of keep hidden. And we would stand up front by the 12 o'clock position on the perimeter, and I would take my hand and and tap my chest and say, my name is Matt, Matt. My name is Matt. What's your name? And then I'd have my guests do that. And then one of my guests, he asked, can you tell us your name, specifically for the young female Sasquatch that we nicknamed Chatty Kathy, um, because she <laughs> talks a whole lot. And we, have a, and we have a whole lot of recordings of her talking a whole lot. And <clears throat> so... Now, you know, you hear us sleeping. We're breathing heavily because we're sleeping on our cots. And she comes to the foot of my friend's cot to answer his question. She oh. gives up her name. Nipkia is her name. Go ahead and play it again. Okay. Okay, just so your audience knows and just so you two know, she didn't say that three times. I looped it three times just so you didn't have to replay it three times. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah, that's very yeah, clear. She, she only said clear. it once, but yeah, Nipkia, clear, yes. They have a Definitely. spoken language. Okay, and so, mm-hmm. so far, that's like really cool, really interesting. And then um, this same trip, 
um, it was 20 above zero. Okay, so we're we're up there in our cots, in our sleeping bags. We wake up in the morning. There's ice on all the trees. There's ice on us. It is cold. And we go out and we retrieve the uh, gifting bowls. And then I got to pull the keys out of my pocket and unlock the Suburban so we can start the engine and warm up so we don't die because <laughs> we're cold. And um, so... We get in there, and the parabolic microphone dish is still on top of the Suburban recording. We get inside. We close the doors. I get the Suburban started. The engine's idling. The heater's on. And then when I get home, I hear what happened outside the Suburban while we were inside the uh, Suburban warming up. So if you can play the clip that says, Matt, 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 while Suburban, is idling number four. Okay, I've got it right here. I think he was concerned that I was going to drive away with the parabolic microphone dish on top of the Suburban, oh. but he was clearly calling my name, Matt, Matt, Matt. Yes, there is uh-huh. no doubt. That's yeah. what he was saying. Yeah. Amazing. So now we're going to uh, fast forward. That was 2012. Now we're going to fast forward two years up to 2014, June of 2014. I have Adam Davies and his friend John Carlson um, come to camp. Um, a lot of people out there know who Adam Davies is. He's a, a Brit, and he's been on a lot of TV shows uh, with uh, cryptozoology type stuff. Uh, nice guy, his buddy John Carlson, nice guy. Uh, this is when the portal was discovered at the Southern Oregon Habituation Area. They accidentally kind of stumbled into the area and opened it up. But um, we, they were up all night. I had to sleep because I was driving everybody around during the day, so I had to sleep. They were concerned we were all going to die because the guardians of the portal were kind of pushing them back to stay away from the portal. And I had been up there eight years already. I'd be dead already, so I wasn't worried. So anyway... Mm-hmm. They take a nap. We go out and get the gifting bowls. We put them on the table by the 12 o'clock position on the perimeter, and then we all climb. We're all tired. We all climb back into our sleeping bags on our cots. You know, it's morning time, but we're sleepy, and we go back to sleep and take a nap. Now, on that table next to the parabolic microphone dish was a box of four Cinnabon rolls. And so there was Adam. There was John, there was me, and there was my son, Grady. And um, Grady was seven years old now. And so we're napping, and we wake up, and breakfast was going to be those four Cinnabon rolls. So we go over to the table, we open up the box, which is on the table, and the four rolls are gone. Whoa. They're gone. <laughs> they wanted <laughs> them like, bad. What, what, what critter or what bird would open up a box, take all four <laughs> rolls, and leave the box on the table with the lid closed. Exactly. And, <laughs> and so 
I go home, I listen to the audio because this all happened right next to the parabolic microphone dish. And so if you could play Ah Ah De Weilu, okay, number seven, Ah Ah De De Weilu, what you're going to hear is how excited they are, um, and you'll hear Ah De Weilu. After a couple of them talk, they say their words in Squatchanese, and then the guy sings Ah De Weilu, which in Squatchanese means score, we got the Cinnabon rolls. Okay, (laughs) so... Go ahead and play that pretty, please. Okay. So that's pretty cool. That really is. Gosh. So, so far, what we're getting in these recordings is their language, which I call Squatchanese. Okay. Um, But um, time passes, and now it's 2016, late summer of 2016. Okay, so this is seven years ago. And... um, The exodus occurred during June of 2016 at a new research area because the trolls busted SOA, the Southern Oregon habituation area, in December of 2015. And because one of the people I brought up there threw me under the bus and they put the coordinates online so the whole world could go up there. Oh, no. And it felt like a gut punch. My wife and I cried. And then I got a mind speak from... uh, the Janu saying, you know, don't worry, we're leading you to a new place. And I'm like, okay. So through a series of events, including orbs, trees being pushed over, whistles, and tree knocks, we ended up at our new research area. And and make a long story short, uh, if people want to know more about the Exodus, because I don't want to take all that time up on this interview, they can go to my YouTube channel, which is Team Squatchin, S-Q-U-A-T-T-H-I-N. Not I-N-G, just I-N. Okay. Team Squatchin USA. And then they can watch the four-part video series, The Great Reveal, by Dr. Matthew Johnson, and they can learn about the exodus. So, so now, into summer uh, 2016, we're up in the research area. I, I am sleeping, and I record Zorth, um, and it says, Zorth says, hail to my son, if you could cue that up, number nine. He says, hail to my son. Okay, I'm looking for that. I have, let's see. Zorth says, hail to my son. Yeah, for some reason, I'm not seeing it. I'm seeing a Surya, Soya, the whole sky is red, Trachon, but I'm not seeing that one. It would be before that. It would be, if if you saved them all in the order that I sent them, it would be before that. It would huh. say Soya, S-O-I-A, 
Zoya, S-O-I-A hyphen, Zor says hail to my son. Oh, it is Zoya. Okay, I've got it right here. All righty, here we're going to go and play it. So he goes, hail to my son, and I'm like, okay, what's going on with Mogdu? Nothing. Mogdu is Zor's oldest son. Okay, what's going on with Tuqua? That's his next oldest son. And I said, what are you saying hail to my son? He said, that's for you. And I said, what? I said, you and my mom at Din, you know, no, no, (laughs) (laughs) no. Um, He said, that was an adoption ceremony. Adopted you. Oh. You're my adopted son. Oh, sweet. Which was, which was pretty cool. So he kind of sealed the adoption with hail to my son. Oh, my God. What an honor. Definitely. So now, before I keep going, I want to, you know, pause and give an opportunity for any questions. Yeah, I think it's very clear. Everything you're saying and is about mm-hmm. the fact that they communicate. And but here is my question: in listening to these communications, it sounds um, the, the, some of the background sounds are very interesting. What what is that coming from? You okay, know? so you need to keep in mind. You need to keep in mind that we're out in the wilderness, so there's a lot of bird sounds and crickets and all that kind of stuff at night or in the morning. Um, And then you also need to keep in mind that some of this stuff is recorded at a distance. So I'm not an audio expert, but I know enough to to use an audio editing file to amplify the sound, Mm -hmm. amplify, amplify, amplify to bring it in closer. But when you do, then you got all the white noise. Uh, so then you okay. have to clean that up, uh, and yeah. when you clean it up, then it gets a little tinsel, yeah. tinsel sound. So yeah, it, it just sounds it sound to me like it's weird. coming from another reality. It's what it was sounding like to me, which I thought was really incredibly cool. But it it had that sound okay. to it of that it was moving. So let me help was, you out with that. Okay. Okay. Um, visually. We can only see so much. So if you put your right hand, your left up in front of hand in front of your face, and there's you know between the distance between your left hand and your right hand, that's what we can mm-hmm. see. Beyond your right hand and beyond your left hand, you can't see. It's still there's stuff there. You just can't see it. Now the eyes of dogs and cats are different, and they can see stuff that we cannot see. So if you know your dog or your cat something down or the dog's growling or barking at something. What are you barking at? There's nothing there. Yes, there is. <laughs> yes, there is. They can yeah. see it. You can't. And and then uh-huh. cameras can capture them. So you take your cameras out and your cameras can capture them. Dogs can see them. Cats can see them. Cameras can capture them. And what's going on there is they're vibrating at a higher frequency than we do. So, you know, if they slow their vibrational frequency down... They're solid matter like you and me, right? It's like a mm-hmm. standing before a small plane and the prop, the propeller isn't moving. You can see it. 
But when you start the prop, when the vibration frequency is increasing, now it's a little harder to see the prop. And when it's at full speed, you can't see the prop. But I guarantee you, stick your hand out there, you're going to find out that the prop is still there, even though you can't see it. Now, the same thing is true with sound. We can only hear this much between the left hand and the right hand. But there's stuff beyond the left hand and the right hand that we can't hear that is there. And so the parabolic microphone dish hooked up to the Sony digital recorder can pick it up. So sometimes when they talk, they can be right next to you. You can't hear them but the recorder picks them up. Or Mm -hmm. sometimes, depending on how they change things up, they could be right next to you and talk, and you actually do hear them. And then sometimes you hear them inside your head. Hmm. So that's called mind speak, right? That's what you named it? Well, no, I'm talking about an audio voice inside your head. Mind speak is kind of like thought insertion. Mind speak is like, There's a thought in your head, not a voice, not a sound. It's a thought, but it's not your thought. Oh, amazing. Okay. Okay. And that takes a lot of work. That takes a lot of work to figure out what's your thought and what's their thought. Yeah, that is a lot of work, a lot of insight to know the difference. Excellent. Well, that was my question, so thank you for answering it. One key to – you're welcome. One key to – knowing the difference is you know if if I'm outside and I'm looking at the view from the backside of our house we live on top of a mountain with an incredible view I'll think in my head it's a beautiful day what a beautiful view if they do a mind speak they'll go you know don't you think it's a beautiful day look at that view <laughs> and you know that's not me yes. That's right. not the way I right. would word it. Mm-hmm. Right. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Speaking of speaking of backyards, um, number ten, Bigfoot scream in backyard. Can you play that? Yes, I can. Let me just move the. Okay, you guys, move this so I can get that one. I have a long list here. <laughs> Fascinating. Bigfoot scream? Is that the one? Yeah, in backyard, yes. Here you go. Oh, for heaven. Now, when you hear that... the, let me just ask you: Does that go? Does that go right through you? I mean, that is a powerful scream. It was a powerful scream, and yeah, you 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 can feel it. Sounds like what? A train whistle, like a train no. coming down. Play it again. Play it again. That is not a train whistle. No, Play it I, again. I know it isn't, but it's, it's incredible, absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Oh um, I always joke and say it could be a squirrel, maybe a deer. <laughs> you know. It's a big no. 
Um, the next one I would like you to play pretty please is melodic scream. Okay. Um, and a closer response. That's number 11. And th- these both happen the same night, about 10 minutes apart. Okay, I've got it. So that was obviously more than one, right? Several? Yes. The first one was Khan 2. He's the clan leader. The second one, the, you know, the scream, the Bigfoot scream, that was Khan mm-hmm. 2. The melodic scream was his wife, Saria. And so she did the melodic scream, and then the response back was Khan 2. Okay. Oh, goodness. Incredible. Now it and, gets more fun. Go ahead. You have no, a question? Go ahead. No, that's all right. Do you want to play another okay. one? Um, yeah, I'm going to uh, want you to queue up Saria-Agathos, number 13. But I want to explain it real quick before you play it. Okay, go ahead. I've got it ready. Okay, so um, one night uh, Cynthia and I are out in the backyard at our pre- previous property, it's just her and I. Nobody else is over. We host camps every summer where we have up to 30, 40 people come to a camp, and we do that five times every summer. Um, but this particular night set was just Cynthia and myself. And so we're out there in the dark. We're playing music. We're talking. And we're also whining to each other about how rough the week was. Uh, work and <laughs> You know, haters and trolls in the Bigfoot world and just wah, 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 okay? And we we had our cots set up, and, and we're done. So we go inside the house to go to the bathroom, brush our teeth, grab our pillows, and come back outside and climb in our sleeping bags and go to sleep. Well, I had the parabolic microphone dish going, the recorder going, while we're in the house. Maria, who did that melodic scream that you just played? Mm-hmm. Yes. She walks over to the parabolic microphone dish while we are inside the house. And she gives us a gentle, loving butt kicking. <laughs> she, okay, you want me to play it now? Starts, <laughs> no, no, I want to explain what she's saying. Okay. She starts... She starts off by by using a Greek word, agathos. Okay? Mm. Agathos is Greek for God is good. So she starts off with agathos, God is good. And then she says in English, oh, come, you should be positive about living with us. Oh, my. Go ahead and play it. Okay. Oh my God. There was Go no mistaking that. No. Agathos, oh come, you One more time, pretty please. 
Amazing. Tell sounds like she has a bit of a British accent. I mean, that was a very formal <laughs> yeah. sentence, you know? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, so now they've gone from giant, dumb giant mountain ape to forest <laughs> people to, and they refer, just so we're clear, just so your listeners are clear, they're known by many different names all over the world by many different cultures, you know, Bigfoot, mm-hmm. Sasquatch, Yeti, Yowie, Grassman, Oma, uh, Sabe, etc. But just so we're clear, and and they, you know, because of the Exodus, they designated me as being their 13 to the Janu Council of 12, and the Janu Council of 12 consists of two members, two members from each habitable continent, and so they designated me as the 13. And they told me, and I'm supposed to educate everybody else, that they refer to themselves as the Janu. You know, they don't care if people call them all these other names, but they just want everybody to know they call themselves the Janu. That's their name, Janu. An emphasis okay. on the second syllable, Janu. Okay? Now, with mm-hmm. that said... That's ooh. I don't know if I want to do that one yet. We're gonna to have to save that for a different show. Okay. Um, and to get the next one up. Uh, I only sent you three sets of audio clips. It looks like okay. You know right. what? We're gonna do this. I don't care if it ticks off some of your listeners. Um. Because it's kind of political, but it's the position that the Janu have taken. So let me give a little background before we play this. Um, the Janu have always been watchers. They've always been neutral with the affairs of mankind. They have never interfered. It's almost like the prime directive in Star Trek. But with the way things are going in the recent battle between good and evil, the black hats and the white hats, the good guys versus the cabal, the new world order, um, they've decided to take a side. And they're taking oh. the side of the good guys, the white hats. And so on election night of uh, November 3rd, 2020, when Trump was winning, Zorth, the head of the Council of Twelve, my adopted father, mind spoke with me and he said, I want you to post right now, in the end, Trump wins. And I'm like, uh, good call, Zorth. Way to go out on a limb, buddy. Um, he is already winning. What are you talking about? I want you to post, in the end, Trump wins. Okay, fine, I'll post it. In the end, Trump wins. Are we good? Yes, thank you. Next morning, Biden wins. Like, what the heck? How did that happen? And we all know how that happened. Oh, we yeah. sure um, do. And, and it's all going to come out in the near future how that happened. But um, so shortly after that, I got a rec- recording outdoors. Uh, and so we'll have you queue up the first one. Oh, 
wait, wait, wait. Okay, I guess what we'll have you do is just, uh, it's a compilation of everything, so i got to say it real quick. It says number 30, President Trump, compilation. Um, so what they say is Trump bad boy, not as in negative or evil bad, but as in badass, as in really good. So they go Trump bad boy, and then the next one says, I like that president. And then another genre speaks up and says, I love him. And this is the wow. President Trump compilation, right? Yep, yep. Okay, here it comes. That's pretty clear. Trump, bad boy, I like that president. I love him. Yeah. My goodness. Okay, so election night, he's winning, post, in the end, Trump wins, even though he was winning. So Zorth already knew what was going to happen. So that's Mm. why he wanted me to post it when he was winning, because I guarantee you, I mean, Zorth has never been wrong. With anything he's ever told me about what's going to happen, he has never, ever been wrong. Okay? And... He's not wrong about this. In the end, Trump is going to win. Now, um, but it's going to get worse before it gets better. So now let's cue up the next one, which is number 32. Watch that red square group. Okay. I recorded this in the backyard. Watch that red square group. Are you ready for me to play it? Yep. Okay, now, before we play it again, is it possible to turn the volume up a little bit? Because I could barely hear that. And what's being said is, watch that red square group, and then you hear in almost kind of a singing tone, yes, the red square is coming. So watch that red square group. Yes, the red square is coming. Go ahead and try it again. Just uh, move the volume up a little, but it was up almost all the way. Here we go. Okay. Could you hear that? Yes, I could hear it. Okay, so last but not least, if you could cue up Number 31, the whole sky is red. Mm. Okay, 
So that was yeah. recorded the night after. So the first night, watch that red square group. Yes, the red square is coming. Then the next one is the whole sky is red. So I asked North, what the heck is that about? And he said, if America falls into civil war, the United States will be attacked by the Red Square group. The Red Square is coming. The Red Square group consists of Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran. So um, we cannot fall into civil war while we're in the midst of all this chaos or else the Red Square is going to be coming. The whole sky is red. So uh, we need to not fall into civil war. We need to not let them divide us by race, by uh, sexual preference, by religion, by anything and everything they use us to get us to go after each other. We can't allow that to happen. We cannot fall into civil war. The Ajanu, if you haven't picked up on it yet, have the ability to look down multiple timelines into the future. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. This is and, and very, that is you know, how Zork was able to advice. predict that in the end Trump wins. Gosh, helping sooner rather than later. Uh, that yeah, and I, I like the fact that they're very specific. You know, they're talking about very specific things. Don't let mm-hmm. the United States fall into civil war, or if you do, this is what's going to happen. I mean, that is a very specific piece of advice. Yep. Which is yep. so helpful. So helpful. If people listen. Well, yeah, if people listen. Your audience needs to know that the few audio clips that we played tonight are just the tip of 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 the iceberg of hundreds and hundreds of audio recordings that I have. It's just amazing. great. You've done such great work, Dr. J. You know, keeping track of all oh. of this, being so consistent, and you know, doing this over so many years to bring us this level of communication and friendship that you have with them. That actually goes beyond friendship because you were made an, an honorary son. So it's so appreciated. Really, we appreciate everything you've done. Definitely. At least Thank we you. know there's hope. That's the most important yeah, thing. There, there, there is hope. And, and that in the end, Trump wins thing is going to happen before 2024 voting. Um, you know, really? The election oh, in that's November fantastic. Oh, so, um, well, no. See, great. I told you it's going to get worse. Be- I told you it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, see that right now with the way yeah. the college kids are reacting to things that are taking place. It's just they, they don't know who they really have an infinity for except for garbage that they're putting out there themselves right now. Gary, they don't even well, know Well, then we doing. also have all these sleeper cells that are here let oh, yeah. in by Thank the you. Biden That's regime. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. yeah they, they have the southern border opened up. And I have friends that work for ICE, and a lot of young military-age men coming over from the Middle mm-hmm. East and from China. There's sleeper cells all over the country, and they're That's waiting right. for the green light. And when that happens, we're going to get hit all over the place 
And then, you know, uh, hopefully the people that, you know, wanted Biden and open borders are going to be kicking themselves in the butt for having that open door policy. And we're going to have a lot of Americans die because of it. It is going to get worse before it gets better. Oh, but definitely. The, the well, good news they, is they, that when they well, hit, the military is going to be activated. And when the military gets activated, then all the truth about the stolen election, the, fraud, the fraudulent uh, crimes mm-hmm. and everything else that have been going on are all going to come out. And the military intelligence has all the data, including the fact that Trump really did win that election. And he will be reinstalled as president. And in the end, Trump wins. And they'll get a handle on all these sleeper cells, but not until after a whole lot of damage has been done and a lot of people have been killed. And then it will get better. Because in the end, when Trump wins, we win. America wins. God wins. We all win. But it's going to get worse before it gets better. Well, when they're watching the men, young men coming across the border, like uh, anywhere from 100 of them at a time, young men, no women with them, no children with them, and they're all of, quote, right. military age. Huh? Right. Scary. And nobody's paying attention. Yep. Well, we're well, paying attention. <laughs> yeah, and, and well, you know, there are a lot of people that are paying attention but there doesn't seem to be a clear path to ousting the people that are causing this trouble and and making these decisions on purpose to do uh, these horrible things to us. So it's it, it's, it's really it's frustrating. Come out, could, it will. That's fantastic. Fantastic news. I'm I'm happy to hear it. Not the part about so many people having to die to get conscious about this. Um, but I, right. I'll tell you, Dr. J, it's still, you know, PK and I talk about this a lot. We are still stymied by so many people who don't see it, even today. Don't see yep. it, that this is a criminal enterprise. The Bidens are criminals. They are involved in destroying this country and what we hold dear. And, I mean, we had a guest on that I told this publicist, don't ever send me another one like it, because, oh, well, there's nothing wrong with Biden, you know, in that airy-fairy voice that's totally ungrounded where you yeah. just go, what yeah. planet are you on? But, yeah, it's exactly. like, just look at this. I mean, what's happening in Israel is what you're talking about. It's going to happen here. These people that yep. come it's over the border, terrorists. Here. Yeah. Yep. We're, we're set up for it. Here. So, yeah. So if people are smart, they will start, if they haven't already, they will start storing up non-perishable food, water, guns, ammo, have a bug-out place to go to. If you're in the middle of a large city, not a good idea because those are the targets they're going to attack. We happen to live out in a rural area far, far away from civilization, so... And we are uh, the bug out place for some people, so we'll be uh, well prepared and and armed for any possibilities. That's the I only way to be a right lot now. Of Jean yeah. on the property. <laughs> that will help. Yeah, you sure do. So, <laughs> now, yeah. Dr. J, I want to make sure we mention the names of your books, so and where people yeah. can buy them. So I know you have Bigfoot, okay. a 50-year journey, come full circle, and you have another one, T 
too, don't you? Yes. The other one is Jean New, how to befriend the Bigfoot Forest people. And um, mm-hmm. they can find both of those books if they go to my website, which is jeannew.com, X-A-N-U-E, jeannew.com. And if they click on the store, then they'll find the books, and those links will take them to Amazon.com, where they can either buy a print-on-demand book or download it to their Kindle. That's perfect. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Now, I'd like to... And I'd also like to say that we, again, we have summer camps every summer, and... Um, oh. We'll post some new dates for 2024 after the first of the year, and um, people can sign up to come to camp for Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. We have people coming from all over the country, Canada, the United Kingdom. Um, so uh, stuff happens there every time, visuals, audio, orbs, um, healings. Lots of stuff happens, so they could uh, at that same website, jeannue.com, x-a-n-u-e.com, x-a-n-u-e.com. They can click on events and after the first of the year and sign up for camp. What a great camp. <laughs> That's the kind of summer camp to go to. Fantastic. Yeah, I wish I were younger. <laughs> I know, really. Dr. J, I wanted to also ask you about what you discovered about the alphabet agencies, and, and it's important for me to ask you this. I know we have more to talk about okay. uh, with the ZANU and the healings and things like that. We may have to just bring you back again for this. But the reason I want to talk to you about this to our audience tonight is because we do have so many UFO abductees that have had this very same experience that you and Cynthia have gone through and are going through. So can you tell people about how you first found out the alphabet agencies were on your property and what they were up to? Okay, well, first it started off, and it still continues to this day, that our property is constantly buzzed by Black Hawk uh, military helicopters. Um, and sometimes they they hover at night over our garden area by our garage. Keep in mind, just so people can understand, we live on top of a mountain, 61 acres of forested property, and next to us is more forested property. So we're up on a mountaintop in the middle of nowhere. And so the, the helicopter hovers over our garden area next to our garage, and shines a light down on the portal area. And we haven't even begun to talk about portals. That needs to be a new show. So to answer your question, um, one night, May of 2022, the last year, not May of this year, but May of the previous year, um, we had a small group of people here, and I had a parabolic microphone dish out recording, and it picked up on these guys are like, what, who, what? And they're like, uh, date night, people here already. Oh, it's their house. So they're mocking our, our house, which is a very large, beautiful log home on top of the mountain. So 
So it starts off with that, date night. People hear already, oh, it's their house. And then you pick up, you know, a few minutes later, this guy's talking to somebody on some kind of walkie-talkie or, you know, some kind of communications device. And he's saying, we're surrounded. I don't think we're safe. And the guy on the other end, you can hear him, well, I hope you all do okay. Okay. So then a couple hours later, you know, we're done with the night sit. We go on the other side of the house and to climb into our sleeping bags on the cots. And now I'm recording over there. And, you know, we're sleeping. So during the night while we're sleeping, I record um, this uh, human female acting like she's in distress. And she's going, oh, help, oh. And then the next thing you hear is a, a Jean New speaks up and says, watch it, it's a trap. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And then later on you hear this human voice, this guy, he says, you really don't want any friendship? So they're trying, they're on our property trying to befriend the Janu. Well, what's interesting is when he says, you really don't want any friendship, the Janu responds in kind of a Clint Eastwood fashion. (laughs) You know, do you you feel lucky, punk, kind of Clint Eastwood fashion. fashion. He goes, shoot me. <laughs> so, you, you really don't want any friendship? Shoot me. And and then another Jean New says, We will fight dirty. Okay. Oh. So that's interesting. And yes. then about a half hour later you hear him down the hill and they're turning Martin over who can't feel his legs because he has a spinal injury. Mm. Incredible. So we've had three-letter agency operatives on our property, and I have to tell you, one plus one equals two, not 11. One plus one <laughs> equals two. And and when you add up all this information about military Black Hawk helicopters constantly buzzing us, shining a spotlight down on the portal, we have recorded three-letter agency operatives on the property trying to befriend the Jean New. We must be doing something right we must be over the target that's why they're here and if they want to befriend the janu right and they want to pick a place on the planet to go to in order to try to do that where are they going to go there's a lot of forests out there well i know right let's go to Mm -hmm. mount cynthia's because they're living on their property they're living on their property Agathos, God is good. Oh, come, you should be positive about what? About living with us. Yes. And we're living with them. So that's why they're here, because well, it's, stuff is really happening here. And they, uh, the Zanu recognized right away uh, that these people were phony balonies, not anybody they'd want to be friends with, right? Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Now, you also, I believe you mentioned in one of your posts a while back about this, that you had also found out that they had broken into your house. Yeah, three-letter agency operatives, yes. I'm pretty sure we're we're bugged. <laughs> I don't care. 
You know, I put it yeah. all out there anyway. I put it out there on the, the postings and Facebook, the groups. I, I put it out there with my YouTube channel that has almost 500 videos. And if your listeners, by the way, want to learn anything about Bigfoot, they should go to my YouTube channel, Team Squatching USA. <laughs> go all the way back to the very oldest first video and start watching from there all the way to the newest video. And I guarantee you everything they need to know about Bigfoot is right there. But I, I don't care. They could be in the house. They could bug things. I don't care, you know, because I don't hide anything. No, you don't. You're, you're very forthcoming with all these, this great information, which makes it, to me, I'm looking in on this and I'm going, God, it, you know, it's so, to me, I, I'm offended that they do that. They spend our tax dollars uh, coming onto your property, going into your house. And certainly with some of the UFO abductees that I know, they've been drugged in their own house by these people, which is so in, just ridiculously invasive and illegal. So, but that has happened. And... I don't know if it's continuing to happen, but I find it uh, very similar to some of the things that you guys are going through. You've got a great attitude about it, and you're documenting everything, which is tremendous. But it's, to me, I, I, I'm horrified that all of these operatives on the outside are saying, oh, no, these things don't exist. And, uh, and meanwhile, this is what they're doing. You know, skulking around your property, trying to befriend the Zanu, and the Zanu are knowing better, you know, than to get involved with people like that. People that are yeah. that um, dishonest. I, I sleep good. Cynthia and I sleep good at night. Uh, we have uh, five or six of them around our bed every night, which is a little mm-hmm. weird, but you can see their shimmering images just like. Uh, when you watch an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie with the Predator, up in yeah. the tree, the shimmering image. There are six of them around our bed every night, shimmering image. Um, Zorth comes in to say hello and good night sometimes. And, um, you know, we have a vaulted ceiling in our bedroom that is probably about 14 feet high. Um, and so he's got plenty of room to stand in there. And... Um, we have Jean-New warriors on the property. They they have their own warriors. There's a whole spiritual component to them. They walk by faith in Jesus Christ. They believe in God. I have them recorded praising the Lord. I have them recorded saying, uh, we love him. He's the Messiah, Jesus Christ, um, on and on and on, including the fact that they scuffle occasionally with the fallen angels, the demons of Satan, who they call the Zhuzhaiko. I I mean, Mm. what we've gone over tonight, again, is the tip of 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 the iceberg. There's so much more to this. And everyone's still stuck back in kindergarten with descendants of Gigantopithecus and dumb giant mountain ape. And they're anything but that. Well, you know, Matt, what you've done is the is the pinnacle of what I've been saying everybody should be doing that wants to know about uh, aliens, UFOs, whatever. It's, it, they have to do what you're doing. They have to create a kind and respectful relationship. It's not about 
throwing cameras at them, studying them as if they are ants under the microscope. Because that's so disrespectful. It's like looking at lights in the sky and thinking that's the be-all and end-all. It isn't. And it's all about the relationship. And and you've mastered that, you and Cynthia both, and some of the people that have come to your camp. It is exactly the right thing to do. So congratulations. You know, we are so happy that you've done this this way. You know, it's like you you look at Skinwalker Ranch and all of the investigatory equipment they brought in, all of these operatives they brought in, and they didn't get anything at the end of the day. It's like, oh, big surprise. (laughs) I was surprised. Yeah, but also... Also, what's going on there is a tad bit demonic, and you know, what that. we have yeah. going on, what we yeah. have going on here is the flip side of the coin. What we have going on here is, you know, the positive people of faith, beings of faith. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the light side of the force, and um, yeah, Skinwalker Ranch. I wouldn't want to be anywhere around there. But yeah, here, it's not a place I'd like to visit either. Here, you step on the property here. When you step on the property here, you you feel the love of God. Mm-hmm. That's very nice, very different. Now, another question I have for you is this. Now, I know you're extremely tall, almost seven feet, as you said. Cynthia is not, though, right? Cynthia is what, about 5'5", five, 5'6"? Five, five, She's actually 5'8", and a lot of people, when they come to camp and they see her, they're going... You're a lot taller than you look in the yes, picture. Yes, because I, I and, see. Well, yeah, I'm one like, of them. Would have she's standing that next to me. Ah, that's she's why she next looks to so me. much that's taller. That's why she looks so short. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. funny. Well, here's my question. It seems to me that the people like you and Cynthia who have developed relationships with the Sanu are tall. They're taller people. Do you think that there's a reason for that? Uh, well, I, you know, we've had lots of people here at camps over the years, and they go back home and, you know, they replicate what we do here, and they get the same results back home that we were getting here. And, um, you know, they're of all shapes and sizes. They're they're not all tall. And what, what really matters is the approach, which you were kind of pointing out earlier, and I would like to point out to the skeptics out there, who are stuck in their small little box about scientific proof. And I've often been accused over the last 23 years of not using the scientific method. And, you know, unless you get DNA and blood. Oops, are you there? Yeah, it's strange, though, because... He's still on the. He's still there, Matt. Yes. Okay. He dropped out. Yeah. Now we can. He dropped out for a minute. Okay. So I use a relationship or a relational model, and you know you can prove the existence of um, another uh, sentient being by relating to them, communicating with them, talking with them. You know, you don't have to have DNA. You don't have to kill and bring in a body. All you have to do is create a relational model 
that other people can replicate, and they are all over the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. There's a big group in the U.K. using my approach and getting all kinds of good results. So I am using the scientific method, but it's not, you know, blood and DNA. It's proof of the relationship um, or the existence of the species through developing a relationship that can be replicated, and that is science. Yes, it is. Fantastic. Yes, it is. It's really great, and it's great that you have so many groups throughout the world that are able to do this and get great results and develop their own relationships. And do you find also, Matt, that it takes a lot of forest um, for people to work and develop a relationship with the Bigfoot and Sanu, or it doesn't matter if there's a huge forest in in place when they okay. go to do this? <clears throat> okay, so, so what I haven't told your audience yet, they can learn it on the YouTube videos, but and in my books, but I'm going to say something real quick, uh, something that Zorth revealed to me the night before the exodus occurred at the Southern Oregon Interaction Area. He shared with me that they are all orbs. They are orbs. They are beams of light. They are balls of energy. They're soul, spirit, orb. And they can shapeshift from orb form into full body form. And during the day, the orbs go into the trees and soak up the energy from the sun and the nutrients through the roots and the ground. And when they're charged up, you know, the tree is like their docking station or their charging station. When oh. they're charged up, they pop they pop back out of the trees. So um, I asked Zorth, how many Janu are there on the planet? He responded to me, how many trees are there on the planet? Hmm. We we are greatly outnumbered. We are greatly outnumbered. If you consult the Google gods and type in the question on the Google search engine, how many trees are there on the earth? There's an estimated four to seven trillion trees. Oh my goodness. That's we're, kind of comforting. We're vastly. <laughs> We're outnumbered, but we're outnumbered by a benevolent being, a God-fearing, God-loving, Christ-following beings that wouldn't hurt a fly. Well, then what about the negative bad reports about Bigfoot? You know, what about them? Well, that's the Tracon. Can you cue up that, by the way, the audio that says Tracon? Here it is. that up because now we're yep. going to talk about the bad Bigfoot, the trade. Okay, con. and just so you know, we've got about five minutes left, so I'm going to play this we'll whenever this you give quick. me the green light. Go for it. Okay, so the trade con at the Southern Oregon Interaction Area, we're all sleeping. And this records it at night while we're sleeping. There was a big noise that we heard. And then the Tracon goes in a very hateful, disdainful voice, Juman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, if I could kill you and eat you right now, I would. So if you could play that again. Yes. Ah.
So that's the tracon. And a tracon is not a genu. They're two separate beings. Now, they look similar, but the tracon is smaller, six to eight feet on the average, nine feet at the most. They're menacing looking, they're ugly, and they're dangerous. And if a lone hiker, camper, hunter out in the forest comes across a tracon, they will kill them, eat them, and scatter their bones. They may also uh, kidnap human females from time to time for breeding purposes. And they're the ones that are seen walking on or off of UFOs. So John New or adamant, they have nothing to do with UFOs. Zorth is very adamant about it. They have nothing to do with UFOs. But the Tracon, mm. they do. And that's a whole other radio show as to why that happens. So the Janu are good, benevolent, kind, caring, loving, God-fearing, Christ-following beings. And the Tracon are, are evil. And that yeah, explains good opposite, Bigfoot, bad Bigfoot, not the same species. Mm-hmm. Good to know. We have so much to talk about. We haven't even skinned the tip. So if you ever well, want me back, let me know. Well, we're going to just have to have you come back. That's all there is to it. I mean, when are you coming back? Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do this again. I mean, this this was a this was a different time slot for us, but hey, we made it through. <laughs> thank you. I well, I had to see you. my clients if. If we make arrangements ahead of time, I can plan for, you know, doing an earlier radio show. Yeah, well, this this is fine, Dr. J. We so appreciate it because we know how busy you are, and it, it was wonderful to have you with us this evening. Please say hi to Cynthia for us. And, yeah, we'll be in touch so that we can probably we'd have to book another couple of shows with you to at least well, definitely. delve into this a little further. Yeah, leave us with Sounds these cliffhangers. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, well, really, you've given us so well, many gifts tonight. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, well, it is our pleasure. We'll be back in touch, and everybody will be having Dr. J on again. So get ready. If you have any questions, send them in ahead of time if you'd like, or call in next time we have Dr. J on the show. So next week, everybody, we're going to have... Your friend and ours, Tom Dongo, is joining us again. And the week after that, we have a very special guest, a medical doctor, who's coming in to talk about his experience in the hospital. So we cannot wait to have more guests and also to have Dr. J join us again. So we'll make sure to book him again soon. In the meantime, everybody, we hope that you stay safe. And until then, we will see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.